Hey guys, this is Editing Lucia popping in to let you know that unfortunately this episode does require a bit of a content warning for mentions of rape in regards to Charles Bukowski's writings. It's nothing extreme, but I wanted to give you guys a heads up. If you're new to the podcast and you've never listened before, I might suggest listening to another episode first and then coming back to this one. I was uh, fairly upset when we were recording this episode, and it's just a little bit heavy. Typically, we are much more upbeat and positive on the show. If you don't feel like listening to this episode now or ever, we completely understand, and we'll see you in the next one. We do continue our conversation on Harry and Bukowski on this week's Talk Direction Download, which you can find on our Patreon. And that will be available at the 250 level. So if you are a member of our Patreon, you can go check that out if you wish. All right. Thanks for listening. And here's the show. This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 167th episode of Talk Direction. 167th. I feel like I said that weird. <laughs> um, today we are doing a song discussion on Only Angel uh, from Harry's album. And after that, we will only have two songs left to discuss, which is very exciting. Um, we have a little bit of news, and we're going to do our one-minute news uh, this week, so basically just means we're not allowed to talk about each thing for 10 hours. Um, <laughs> I think we're just going to time ourselves overall, right? We're not going to like... I've got my timer ready for one Oh, you do? News. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm, all right, I'm ready all right. to go. All right. Well, press start and tell me when you're ready. All right. Ready, set, go. All right. So our first topic is that Harry has been, been seen in Tokyo um, doing karaoke with some members of the Queer Eye cast. Um, and this awesome Japanese um, singer, Rina Sawayama. Um, Caitlin, we were chatting about this when it was happening. Yes. I. <laughs> this is so exciting. Plus, someone on the Queer Eye, like, management or something, announced that there was going to be a really big special guest in the coming season. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, is Harry going to be on Queer Eye? I cannot handle it. If you guys haven't watched Queer Eye, it's on Netflix. It's incredible. It really oh, is. It's just, it's so, it's just so good. And I'm, they were singing Queen karaoke they at were. a gay bar. It's just everything. It was everything. And um, it was Bobby and Karamo who are with Harry. Um, and Rena's this like awesome queer singer. And she has this song um, that's really cool called Cherry that everyone should listen to. And I think probably like they were all filming together. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think he must be in an episode. Yeah. I think Ugh. he must be. What a great group to hang out with. I know. I was sad that jo- Jonathan wasn't there. Um, I know. He's my favorite. But <laughs> well, hopefully. If they're on the episode together, they'll yeah. talk hair for sure. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time was up a bit ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Ready? Next yes. story. Three, two, one, go. 
Our next story is that Niall made his orchestra album available to stream. So he released, Niall released an orchestra version of his album and it was only available via CD. Um, And there was like a lot of problems because too many people ordered them and they were going to not ship until like April or something. Oh my God. So (laughs) people are complaining. And um, it was really funny because I got like his email um, and it said, my live album with the RTE or concert orchestra is now available to stream and download. Now you can listen to it any way you want, any way you'd like. And then it was like a space and an exclamation point, And I felt like it was very passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, Niall, you really dropped the ball not releasing it on yeah. like Apple and Spotify immediately. It was very odd. It was very odd release. So anyways, now it's available to stream. And um, that's exciting, I think, yeah. for people. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know why it logs me out of my phone every time it's hmm. up. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right. Our last news item is Louis Watch 2019. Woo. So I feel like I'm being jerked around here, to be honest. Um, I feel like a fool every week when I'm like, <laughs> no, it's releasing a song this Friday. Um. <laughs> we are not a credible source on this podcast, honestly. No. So, like, promo definitely is in full swing now, but it's still confusing. So... Louis tweeted on February 2nd, just heard the master of the single. So excited for you all to hear it. Um, Louis's like uh, team Twitter, is that what you would call it? LTHQ tweeted, uh, over 1 billion streams, world's biggest, world's best fans, go team LT. Uh, And then he posted on Instagram, Louis did on February 1st. Uh, The caption said, it's coming, and it was a series of photos of him recording some vocals uh, with a beer in hand, um, as you do. And then he posted another photo on February 4th that had no caption, and it was just him sitting at a piano with a joint. And (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jordan Green also, like, had that photo in his stories. Jordan Green is, like, his photographer. and he's been seen with Julian Bonetta and John Ryan. And this morning, Mike Adam, who I guess is a radio personality, tweeted and he said, got a little inside scoop for you. New music from Louis Tomlinson will drop this spring. Which was like, in parts I'm exciting. So but then in parts like, wait, I thought it was coming next week because they just started all this promo. Like, <sighs> Yeah, I'm really confused. And also someone said, like the um louis i mean we're way over but that's okay louis um louis like management or whatever label he's signed to like put out which are which are the artists that are dropping cds in like the first like musical quarter and louis wasn't there right so it doesn't seem like he's at least until like he's it's gonna come after april right um but i'm not sure if mike means his album's coming in the spring or if the single's coming in the spring. Right. Like, it's very That's unclear. vague to me because I'm like, okay, well, the single could still be coming, but then we'll get the full album in the spring. Or are we waiting until spring for a single? Because that's right. a big difference. Yeah. I feel like if that if that list of, of – um, if that list from Sony is correct, um, I think that they must be releasing singles and then an album after April. Right. There's no way like, that they can't release anything be... until after April. Spring, yeah. Cause... I mean, there is a way they can, but yeah. I think it's a, not okay. <laughs> so, like, 
Yeah, because spring could be March. Like, maybe we'll get, like, uh-huh. a single in March, and then, right. you know, the album not until May. Like, that's still spring. So it's, like, yeah, it's big. It's hard because there's, like, a lot of um, competition. Like, big artists are releasing a lot of stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, every week I keep seeing, like, oh, like, it makes sense that he wouldn't release something this week right. because Ariana Grande is releasing her album. Right. You and know. she's releasing her album this weekend. But she releases an album every week, so, like, we can't... <laughs> use that as like a measure (laughs) but the thing is is like there i feel like they underestimate um louis because he is like so for example the week of february 9th on billboard's like social 50 chart he's number two Mm -hmm. and he's number five on emerging artists and he's like been on the charts on those kinds of charts so like i just feel like they need to act i know like they keep what happened to this january release why were they saying it's coming out in january yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's just, like, all kinds of bureaucracy, you know? Yeah. Um, There's scheduling and, like, yeah. figuring it out and, like, when organizing promo and who's available, like, what shows can you right. get on when. exactly. But it's just, just I feel like a fool because every, every week I'm, like, getting all excited and then... <laughs> Honestly. Well, guys, here's another week of, week of waiting. We're going to be, like, so relieved when we actually get music. It's going to be unbelievable. Like, we've been waiting, like, a year. For I mean, maybe music. they are doing it on purpose this way. Like, maybe they actually are being strategic and they're like, this is mm. going to actually make people more excited because we keep teasing them and then maybe it away. <laughs> or Louis just, like, doesn't know what's up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to drop my single in January. Oh, wait, I said that before I actually was allowed to say anything because there's right. no actual setup. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But at least it's, like, coming. Like, now we know it's definitely happening. Mm-hmm. Because, like, other people are tweeting about it and he's actually been seen, you know. Yeah. This is different than it was, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Soon is sooner. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's it for news. Um, oh, also, I did want to mention really briefly that Liam did a charity poker match, um, which was really cute. It was, like, this um, party poker live so basically it was like a celebrity poker tournament um, that he hosted to support um, the UCLH uh, who are doing a bunch of cancer research. Um, so just wanted to mention That's that. That's nice. Yeah. So <clears throat> on to our main discussion. Now, this episode <laughs> is um, a little complicated because – so we're doing a song discussion, of course, on Only Angel – and we wanted to kind of base it around a theme. And I also really wanted to talk about Kelsey Carter, who is a artist, um, the girl who had the Harry Styles face tattoo. And we've decided to combine um, those two topics. So we're going to try and discuss that in this episode, but it's a lot. So hopefully... <laughs> it'll um it'll work but um yeah we're gonna start with talking about kelsey carter for a little bit and then we'll get into only angel just because i feel like there's they kind of relate um Mm -hmm. and for february we were we're trying to do well this is kind of our like february like love month because it's valentine's day on the 14th and we have three more harry songs to do we are doing a love themed February and we're going through only angel sweet creature um and woman Mm -hmm. and each episode is going to be a different theme about love 
And this one happens to relate to like Kelsey Carter and everything that went down and sort of double standards with love and relationships um, and music and songs and all that type of stuff. So yes, that is this theme for like the love month. It's not very lovey-dovey starting out. No, it's <laughs> um, really not. <laughs> but in order to like tie this all in, that's what we're doing. So look forward to a month chock full of Harry song discussions. We're just going to be going back to back because we don't know when Harry's going to put out new music and we don't want to have not finished the 10 songs on his album (laughs) because it has taken us two years to get to this point. Yeah. (laughs) Surprisingly. So Kelsey Carter is a singer from New Zealand and she has a handful of songs out. I had not heard of her until this whole situation happened. Um, Had you heard of her at all? No. Yeah. So um, so I saw like on Tumblr, someone posted a picture of her and it was her with this like Harry Styles tattoo on her cheek. And it was like a very, a, a quite poor rendition. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know who she was. I didn't, I didn't realize she was like an artist, like a singer. I thought she was just like a random person. And I was like, okay, that's wild. Um, and yeah, do you remember where you saw that? Um, I just saw it on Twitter, but like yeah. right away I was kind of like, okay, this seems like it's fake. Like, yeah. I think right away people were going, this doesn't seem like it's real. It's not well right. done. Like the right. tattoo artist is quite talented. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem that someone would do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, we found out, um, pretty quickly after that, that she was releasing a song called Harry. And I can't remember the exact order of events, um, like, when everything happened. But essentially, she, like, posted this picture of this face tattoo. It, like, made the rounds. And then she released Nick this. Nick Grimshaw talked about it mm-hmm. on on the BBC. <laughs> like, it really went off the charts. Yeah, like, ev- like tons of um, news, like, sources were talking about it. Basically, the entire fandom was talking about it. Um, and then she released the song Harry, and everyone continued to talk about it. Um, and then it turned out that it was a fake tattoo, um, and they had sort of orchestrated this little stunt um, in, you know, for releasing this song because they wanted to get people's attention, and it worked. Um, <laughs> so, have you listened to the song, Caitlin? I have listened to the song. What? Not you... many times. I've only okay. listened like once. I okay. Think, so, what do you think of it? Like, without having delved deep. I mean, I think it's a fun song. I wasn't offended by it. I think it's just kind of like tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was. It sounded good. It reminded me. Some of the notes reminded me of some of like One Direction songs a bit. Yes. Um, I don't know. It was catchy. I thought it was fun. That's pretty much it. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was like a good song. Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting because when this was first, when this was first all happening, I was like talking to Caitlin and I was like oh I want to talk about this but I'm scared too because mm-hmm. people got really upset um a lot of the fans there was like a huge amount of backlash um from the Harry fan base yeah. um even like just a, starting with the tattoo before the song yes, was released before people, people even knew she was so angry yes people were very angry um and at first I like was not that upset by it and then I got more and more upset by it as time went on <laughs> by the angry people yes yeah um just by the amount of backlash and mm-hmm. especially because then I like 
sort of looked into Kelsey Carter and I like read some interviews she'd done and listened to her other music and I was like wait actually she's really cool Mm -hmm. um and I love her music um so we're yeah we don't have like a lot of time to talk about this and honestly we could like make an entire episode about this and if you guys want to hear us talk more about this like definitely let us know and we can talk more about it um but basically a lot of the backlash that I was seeing was like there was a couple of things that I wanted to point out. So one of the things that I was seeing were people saying, like, attention-seeking. Um, a lot of people were like, wow, you just did this for attention. Like, like you're an attention whore. Can I say whore? Uh, well, you've just said it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, which upsets me because it's definitely a double standard for, like, a woman to do, like, a marketing scheme or, like, a publicity stunt um, to get her music out there. Um, and then people are like, oh, wow, you're just looking for attention, which is like, yeah, she is looking for attention for her music. She's an artist. She's a serious artist. Like, she needs to pay her rent. (laughs) And if a man was doing something like that, no one would ever say, wow, what an attention-seeking whore. They would maybe Mm -hmm. say, like, oh, he just cares about his career or, like, oh, he only did that to further his his career. And it's like, she's a career-driven, serious artist. Mm -hmm. But because she's a woman, I feel like a lot of people – are just like writing it off as like oh you're just looking for attention um which is not cool (laughs) yeah um and then also just like the quickness that people had to hate her I saw a lot of people saying she was a horrible person um and like that she was like a psycho and that like Harry should get a restraining order against her and just this sort of idea that Harry needs to be protected from her and like there's a lot of hypocrisy because like you know, you'll, you'll, I was looking through, like, the Instagram comments on her post, and um, there's, like, you know, comments from people that are, like, wow, like, you're uh, sexualizing Harry, and then, like, you go to their Instagram, and it's, like, a fan account for Harry, and, like, the first picture is, like, a picture of Harry's ass, and it's, like, damn, looking thick or something like that. <laughs> it's, like, well, so are you. <laughs> so, yeah, I just got really upset by that. And um, I think her song is incredible. It's not sexualizing him at all, actually. Um, She's sexualizing herself. And um, everything she said about him in, like, interviews and stuff is, like, very respectful. She's actually, like, a big fan of his. Um, And, yeah, I just wish that people wouldn't hate, wouldn't, like, go so quickly to, like, hating someone um, based on, like, these very flimsy ideas um and yeah I'm not sure what else to touch on how much time do we have left we have a little bit of time left okay um I wanted to say I think it's like a product of sort of the mob mentality that happens in this fandom and Mm. other fandoms yeah and also sort of the you're sort of protected by the internet that you're very you're anonymous and like those are big things when you look at psychology, anonymity, mm-hmm. like when you're removing yourself from blame, people mm-hmm. are way more likely to do extreme things yeah, and do stuff. Also, that sort of group think mentality where you all sort of start thinking the same thing. This is a big fandom. One person says something mean, other people latch on and it just sort of spreads. Right. And I think people maybe don't really realize because they think, oh, the easy answer, she's attention-seeking, she's this, rather than stepping back and being like, let me think about this for a second. Like, what's actually happening? Is she doing something wrong? Like, is it my position to say something? Like, 
I mean, we saw hate even before the song came out, you know? Yes. With the tattoo. Right. It's not your body. Right. It's her own face, you know? And if she's attention-seeking, then that's there's no reason to go out and for you to spread hate like that. It's not productive yeah. hate. It's not like you're saying th- someone did something sexist or racist where you're like I want to sort of correct this big thing in the world and like help make right. a difference it's just kind of like I'm gonna be mean to a person yeah and yeah because that wasn't hurting yeah. anyone right yeah so yeah and I think it's also interesting because like I think people don't realize that like it's a, it's a very real possibility that Kelsey is actually connected to Harry like she works with a lot of the same people that have worked with him she's I mean, a musician in the song, she said the first time we met exactly and she was at his show at um what was it the the, was it the grammy museum no what am i thinking she was yeah i was she was at some small show of his um like years ago so like the these the idea of people being like oh my god we need to protect him like you know take a step back and realize like she may actually know him (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's also like she is a serious fan of his too so like it's upsetting to me to see people instantly jump to hatred as opposed to like finding solidarity with her like I feel like we always joke about how extreme our love for Harry is and like some Mm -hmm. if she had really gotten a face tattoo of Harry like wouldn't that be something that the fans would be like yes (laughs) yeah I know I know I don't I don't know I think this the fandom like I think it's at a particularly like difficult time right now from what I'm seeing I mean there's always been things that are positive and negative Mm -hmm. just lately I've been seeing just sort of a lot of like internalized misogyny Mm -hmm. um like I don't know just a hate between factions a lot of of fighting fandom yeah I was I read this post the other day that was like remember when we all used to just be 1D fans and now we hate everyone else in 1D except the one boy we stand or whatever and I was like I mean, obviously, we don't do that. Right. But it's – I see so much of that, and I don't know why. I mean, yeah. there's legitimate reasons to get mad at things, mm-hmm. like Trump being a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. But then there's things that just aren't things that you should get worked up about, like that are right. – I don't know. I. <sighs> yeah, I feel like it, it might be a general – thing like not just specific to this fandom I think maybe people in general are just feeling angry and upset and disconnected and mm-hmm. I don't know um I wanted to read a quote from her so this is from ID magazine um and they asked her about Harry and she said what I love about him from a professional standpoint is that he was the poppiest of pop stars and then he went off on his own and made a classic rock album For someone like me who wants to live in that world, who hasn't been in a boy band, he has opened the door for me. He's introduced the kids to the kind of music I want to make. For that, I am really grateful. I also just want his career. I feel like I'm a female version. I actually moved to America to act, and music became my main thing. Rock and roll is my passion. I really want to work with him. Um, And then she was on a radio show called The Edge, and they were, um, they were like, you know, so what is this infatuation you have with Harry? And she said, you know, I wouldn't call it an infatuation. As a fellow fellow musician, I really respect what he's doing for rock and roll. Um, I'm a female in the modern day movement of rock and roll, and he's exposed the kids to sounds they might have not otherwise heard because he came from the pop world and did a rock and roll album. So basically everything she says about him is like very respectful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's clearly a real fan of his. um, And, you know, she wants to be... She wants to be like him as well. So it's not yeah. even a situation of like, oh, like, 
this person wants to like date Harry. It's like, no, she wants to be the female version of him. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the actual song, there is like no no sexualization of Harry. Like the only thing she says about him his like him basically is cool stare, greased hair curled around your eye. Um, and then in the chorus she sings, um, put your velvet arms around me. But those are like literally the only references she makes to like his physical being. <laughs> yeah, I think the one thing I don't like is I want to take a dirty picture and send it to your mind. I mean, uh-huh. it's it's cheeky and whatnot, but in in the sense that like we commented on Harry's Carolina and said, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stuff. I'd say that line isn't like you are taking like an actual person and you didn't necessarily have their permission and you're talking about sending them nudes. Yeah. Like without their permission or whatever. So like in I feel like that is a line that I would if mm. this was a Harry song, I would say that is uncalled for. Right. Um like I would have trouble with that. But I think I think the reaction that people had, they weren't looking in detail like that. They weren't saying, oh, this line is, you know, kind of uh, non-consensual seeming. Mm-hmm. It was more like, this song is about Harry. She is attention-seeking. I hate her for no reason. Right. You know, I didn't see such, like, you know, more of an intellectual analysis happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, if you haven't heard the song, I would definitely recommend listening to the song, like actually listening to it. And also would highly recommend watching the video because the video is incredible. Um, and there's so many like things in the, in the video that um, she's kind of like playing with a lot of ideas of how like women are typically sexualized in like rock and roll. Uh, and I love the fashion that they have, too. Like, oh, my God. It's very so Harry-esque. Like, it yes. fits well with his style. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's, like, a very, very brief watered-down discussion <laughs> on Kelsey Carter because, <laughs> like, I literally had, like, pages of stuff about that whole situation. But it's just too much to get into. So let us know if you want to hear us chat more about it. And let us know your thoughts if you have thoughts about that whole thing. I'd love to hear them. Yeah. But we're going to move on um, to talking about Only Angel. Unless, did you have anything else you um, need to mention? No, I think the only thing I would say is that, um, like, uh, I think it's very easy to get swept up in that. And, like, if you did get swept up in it, like, that's okay. It's just, like, pause, recognize what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we're all growing as human beings. We all make mistakes. Yeah. No, that's um, a good point. Because I didn't see many people who didn't feel like who I I mean, I saw some people who felt differently, but I think there was just a lot of that sort of mentality of, you know, she's bad, she's wrong. Um, So just like I think think critically, you know, when when these things happen and don't try not to get swept up in it, try to like sit and form your own opinion, I guess. Yeah, but no, like that's it's a really totally okay if you did get swept up. It's just learning and growing, you know. Yeah, and I definitely have like fallen victim to that many times. Where like, mm-hmm. especially if you have someone you follow that you typically agree with, or you typically find to be smart, and then they say something, and then you're like, oh, that's the that's the opinion. Then, right? Um, I do that absolutely. Like, especially if I don't have the time or energy or care to like 
look up the issue myself. Mm -hmm. If someone that I typically trust says something about it, then I'll often be like, oh, yeah, that must be what's happening. Right. Um, So I I do that as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the other thing, too, I wanted to mention is it's also, like, totally okay to, like, criticize people and, like, if people have, you know, concerns about Kelsey Carter or, like, her songs or her videos, like, that's totally fine and great. Um, But, you know. We will be criticizing Harry's song today. (laughs) We will. (laughs) I mean, criticizing art is, like, that's, you can do that. Yeah, but just actually criticize, like, actually then engage with the art and then criticize it. Don't just, like, criticize for um, something that you, like, saw someone else say about someone. I I think the whole thing is just very misogynistic and very sexist. I think that's sort of the point we're trying to make. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, Only Angel was released with Harry's self-titled album on May 12th, and it is track number six. Um, It was written by Alex Olivian, Mitch Rowland, Ryan Nassi, Tyler Johnson, Jeff Basker, and Harry Styles. And the vocals were done by Harry, keyboard by Jeff Basker, background vocals, Jeff Basker, Tyler Johnson, Alex Libyan, Mitch Rowland, Harry Styles, and Jeffrey Azoff. And (laughs) (laughs) bass was Ryan Nassi, and drums, cowbell, and guitar were Mitch Rowland. I love that Jeff was one of the singers. I know. (laughs) When he's just like Harry's friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, And then for the intro of this song and the outro, they had a whole choir um, orchestra situation. Um, So I'm not going to list everyone because it's like probably 20 total, but... There were um, there was a choir and there was uh, viola, violins, cello, um, and I'm pretty sure that they recorded the choir orchestra bit for Sign of the Times and then just used the same one for Only Angel because mm-hmm. um, it's all the same people um, and it sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Harry was on BBC Radio 1 with Nick Grimshaw, he said about Only Angel, he said that he wrote and recorded it at his house in London. Um, so I think he must have written and recorded it there and then um, did, you know, added in the choir stuff later. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're changing up our song discussion format a bit. So instead of, like, talking about the themes and, and whatnot, um, first, we're actually just going to go right into the lyrics and we'll probably talk about most of the things we want to talk about during the lyric analysis. And then anything we don't discuss, we can sort of wrap up at the end. Um, if you're new to the podcast, then that is irrelevant to you. <laughs> <But> <laughs> if you've listened for a while, you may be caught off guard. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to mention before we get into the lyrics, Caitlin? No, but I would like to start with the title. Oh, yes, the title. So the title of this song is Only Angel. Now, I remember we got the titles before we'd heard the album. Mm -hmm. This was one that piqued my interest for sure. I wish we could splice in what Karen and I said. Every episode we do a song discussion, we just splice in what our guesses were as to what the songs were going to be. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll find that. We'll see how much energy and slash time I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if we if we titled the, the, uh, the episode something where you could easily find it or not. Yeah, that's actually the, the hard part. <laughs> and then working through the two hours of... Yeah. Usually I'll, if I'm trying to find an episode, I'll search the doc for like relevant things, but I'm not sure mm. what like the relevant words you'd do to search for that because I think 
a lot of it's going to come up in right. many different docs. Yeah. But what are your feelings on this title? Um, yeah. I I think I was just reminded of like Hey Angel, which was mm-hmm. on One Direction's album. Um because that was like the last album they dropped and then we have Only Angel, so it's similar. Yeah. Um and I know we were contemplating like what the only had to do with it. Like why not call it Angel? Right. Like is it my like the person's only angel or they're only an angel? I think those were like the two and I think mm-hmm. it's still unclear when you have the song. It's just kind of like yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that the only is there. Mm-hmm. It's like a specific tactic to put that in. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um yeah, I don't really have a lot of thoughts about the title. I just it's intriguing to me mm-hmm. and I like it as a title. Do you have anything else? No. Okay. So the song <clears throat> opens with the choir that we were just talking about. Um, it's very beautiful and epic. I feel like it sounds like you're in the clouds. Maybe that's because the song is titled Only Angel. So like when you hear the choir yeah. come in, you're already kind of in that headspace of thinking about angels. Yeah, I think so. Like angels. It sounds very like church-like. Mm-hmm. I definitely envision like clouds when I hear that mm-hmm. intro. Like, the sky parting, the yes. sun coming out. Yeah. And it's interesting because <clears throat> the um, the piano in this intro is the same melody as the piano outro of Sign of the Times. So basically, That's so cool. I know. So basically, if you like lined up, if you played Sign of the Times and then played this one right after, it would sound like it was connected, like the same song. Um. So I'm very curious about that. Like, yeah, were these songs supposed to be connected or is it totally random? And they were just like, let's add this in here. I know because Sign of the Time seems like it's a very different song. It's not yeah. as though this one's coming after Meet Me in the Hallway where there mm-hmm. are a lot of those sort of other sort of, um, what's it called? I don't know, like pointing out to each other. Right. In the lyric similarities and stuff. Um, but like sign of the times Harry said was like about a mom who's like dying and has five minutes to talk to her baby. Like he said that. So it's like, I don't know how that seems totally unrelated to this. The songs seem very unrelated and he's talked at length about sign of the times and he definitely views that song as like very important. Um, and he's really not said anything about only angel except it's perky. It's literally the only (laughs) thing I've been able to find. Of him talking about this song. I don't blame him. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I also love how um, there's sort of those tea kettle sounds as well that was in Sign of the Times. Yeah. Um, it has that outer space feel. Yes. I love those um. sounds. And just like the, the building in the beginning, how it just keeps layering mm-hmm. on more and more layers. And it just feels like you can feel that anticipation coming for like a drop. Yeah. Just the whole beginning. 
definitely. Um, and also, I don't know if anyone remembers, but he released this like album teaser where it was like him and he was like wearing clothes, but he was dripping wet and he like opened this door. The birth and it was of just Harry like light. Styles. Yeah. So in what that. What a dramatic like <laughs> album coming. Oh, that so was good. Yeah. I remember when that came out, everyone was freaking out about it. Um, but that uh, piano is the same piano melody that's in the outro to Sign of the Times and the intro to Only Angel. <laughs> Although it's a little bit longer. It's like an extended version. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll play all those. I'll play like Sign of the Times and then I'll play Only Angel and then I'll play the um, promo teaser thing. Um, so you guys can hear them all together. And then, additionally in this intro, we have some dialogue from a film, and the film is called Barfly. It was from 1987. It was written by the poet Charles Bukowski, who I loathe very much. And (laughs) (laughs) I I went to a very dark place uh, preparing for this episode, (laughs) because... I was like, oh, so here's the thing. Okay, Charles Bukowski. I don't. I didn't really know anything about him except like I knew he was like a misogynist, and I knew a little bit about him. I know that Harry loves him, and I remember Kara talking about. How I she, wonder if he was obsessed with him or if he actually like admired. He him, included like, his book as one of his most uh, cherished possessions. Oh, <laughs> it's so bad. I have a lot of feelings and a lot of thoughts. So I remember when you guys were first discussing the Another Man magazine, Kara had said she had read or started to read his book and it was gross. The way he talked about women was gross. And I very much trust Kara. So when she said that, I was like, great, that's all I need to know. I'm not going to like read it for myself. I trust her. <laughs> yeah. But I did not know how bad it was. Oh, I my haven't God. even read it. I'm Do not. scared. Do not. I didn't even – there was like quotes that I was going to put in this doc that I didn't even put in the doc because I was like, I don't want to poison – Caitlin's oh. poor eyes. So, anyways, um, <laughs> I'm gonna try to like. I'm trying to. I'm trying to separate it. Um, I like got quite upset to be honest when I was, because I wa- I wanted to see like what, what it's about and like when someone I like like something, I want to explore that thing. Like uh, Harry talking about the book um, Love Is a Mixtape. I read that book. Because Harry talked about it, you know. Um, and there was that beautiful picture of him reading it that just came yes, out. Yes, I know. Topless. I know. 
Oh, what a great photograph. Yeah. So, okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to try and talk really briefly about Mikowski and then we can get into the rest of the song. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, in when Harry Harry was in Another Man magazine, he included in the magazine like three books and he included a Charles Bukowski book called Love is a Dog from Hell and he listed it as one of his most prized prized possessions and he said about the book um or about Charles Bukowski in general he said I just love the way Charles Bukowski uses language it's so real gritty and filthy and yet there's something so romantic about it all um and additionally Jeff Basker who is the producer of Harry's album said in an interview with Variety um I was pleasantly surprised at how witty, clever, and well-read Harry was. He actually turned me on to some poetry and literature that I hadn't been aware of. We dove into Charles Bukowski, which is some pretty gritty, dark shh. So we'd say, let's make sure we go that direction and stay the course. Let's not bail out and go with something safe. I think I did push him in a lot of ways. But then I wanted him to have complete ownership of it and to sing what is really in his heart. So I just wanted to read that because, um, like, obviously Harry... In, you know, introduced him to this. But I think, you know, he was writing with this group of five guys in Jamaica and they were clearly, like, wanting to emulate some bits of Bukowski, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially saying, like, you know, it's it's gritty and dark, let's stay the course and not bail out and go with something safe. So I think that definitely has influenced this song, Only Angel, in a bad way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we're making the connection of Bukowski to this particular song because they literally include the dialogue from the film in it. And I think we'll talk more about Bukowski at the end because I want to make sure we don't accidentally talk about it for the entire episode. Um, but the last thing I'll say is that I think, like, when I was reading all of his stuff, I did feel kind of upset, um, a little bit betrayed by Harry, to be honest. <laughs> Um, Because it's really awful. And I think it's possible that like, so I know that when I was younger, I would do a thing where like I when I was younger, I loved the Rolling Stones. And I would tell people, oh, my God, I love the Rolling Stones. I had listened to like, I don't know, I knew 10 songs of the Rolling Stones that I loved, let's say. Mm -hmm. I didn't know much about them. I didn't follow them. I just had like heard a handful of songs that I loved. I knew they were cool. And so I was like, yeah, I love the Rolling Stones. So, like, that kind of stuff can happen. Like, maybe Harry has, like, read a handful of stuff by Bukowski. He's heard he's cool and edgy. And so he's like, yeah, I love Charles Bukowski. And he hasn't actually delved into his entire work. Yeah. That and is a possibility. Like the first poet he saw and he liked how poems are written. Yeah. Or, like, first poet he really got into and is like, oh, wow, he's using the English language in such an interesting way. meanwhile the themes are all terrible right yeah the thing is is i don't think he uses the english language in an interesting way like i don't get it at all i really don't (laughs) i mean i haven't read it so wait can you give us an example of something bad i feel like okay i haven't formulated my opinion so i or not 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 that i haven't formulated my opinion but my opinion's formulated but i can't grasp onto anything so charles mccowsley basically hates women um and he's actually written um, quite a bit about like raping women like oh my god yeah like not in the way where like let's get into the mind of a psychopath but in the way of like 
I'm the protagonist and I'm like raping a woman and I'm going to tell you about it. Literally. Oh, wow. Like I was reading this stuff. I felt like literally sick. Like I still feel a little, okay. literally well, don't sick. Don't say anything like. Oh, I won't. I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> don't read anything like that. I, I didn't. I sampled the like middle ground. So the stuff I'm going to okay. read is like, is like not actually the worst. <laughs> oh, God. But this is how he writes about women. <clears throat> don't wait for a good woman. She doesn't exist. There are women who can make you feel more with their bodies and their souls, but these are the exact women who will turn the knife into you right in front of the crowd. Of course, I expect this, but the knife still cuts. The female loves to play man against man, and if she is in a position to do it, there is not one who will resist, who will not resist. The male, for all his bravado and exploration, is the loyal one, the one who generally feels love. The female is skilled at betrayal and torture and damnation. Wait, is that a poem? Um, Yes. Okay, that doesn't sound very well written. Wait, that might be also, from... Actually, that might be from one of his novels. Okay. <laughs> oh, my um, God. I had to taste a woman in order to really know them, to get inside them. So I explored them as best I could, and I found human beings inside. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh look at that. Oh, you found a human being inside? <laughs> this is horrible. Um, I included this two is... really gross quotes below that if you want to read them. I'm not going to read them on the podcast because they're horrifying. Um, but yeah. just as an example for you, if you want to know how bad it really gets. Okay. I don't know where you are. So. Oh, I'm on my own doc. That's why. Oh, That's yeah. okay. I'll read them after. But I mean, just from that, it's really gross. It just seems like some man who's like trying. And this is what we said about some of Harry's lines. Like where he- he's trying to do something interesting. But it just is, mm-hmm. it works so poorly. It doesn't yeah. work at all, actually. It doesn't work and it's not believable. And that's actually no. some critique I mean, I've like, seen of Bukowski as well that, like, a lot of the stuff he was saying, like, it wasn't even who he was. He was just trying to shock people. Right. That's what I was going to say. Who actually is that you'd have to be pretty scum of the earth to mm-hmm. not, to like actually believe some of that stuff. Yeah. And there are people that do, but like, not so straightforward. They, they don't think they believe it. Well, there's a lot of that's the problem though. There's a lot of of men, white men who who love this stuff because they think yeah. like, oh, this is real and gritty and raw. Yeah. And like so the thing is is like you have to realize that someone like Bukowski like he doesn't see women as people. So like mm-hmm. he his whole his whole attitude is like, oh, I I speak for the like downtrodden people of society. But, like, he doesn't view women as people. He doesn't view people of color as people. So, like, no, you actually speak for, like, the white man, like, the depressed white right. men. <laughs> um, wow. And he has this quote, like, um, I get many letters in the mail about my writing, and they say, Bukowski, you are so effed up, and you still and you still survive. I decided not to kill myself. So, in a way, I save people. Not that I want to save them. I have no desire to save anybody. So these are my readers. You see, they buy my books. The defeated, the demented, and the damned. And I am proud of it. So, like, obviously he has this idea that, like, you know, he's writing for for the, these people who are, like, the, the, the defeated, demented, damned. But, like, his view of people is, like, that only white men are, are human beings. So... Right. Anyways, <clears throat> it's very upsetting. <laughs> I mean, that, knowing that Harry took a lot of inspiration from that, I think helps clarify where some of the lyrics in not only this song, but some of the other songs. It really does. From. It really does, and it, and it makes me really sad, and I think that's why I got so upset reading this stuff, because 
him like Harry thinking that that there's something romantic about it like no that's so dangerous that is so dangerous (laughs) there's nothing romantic about this and like even his poems that aren't um like just like outright misogyny are still awful like I I really struggled to find any redeeming writings of his like I really looked because I was like well maybe there's something in here but Mm -hmm. I couldn't find it and I think it's like it's that desire that idea of like I want to I want to we were talking about this um I forget which song we were talking about we were talking about the Rolling Stones and like they have this song I think it's called Brown Sugar it's horribly racist and sexist and like their defense is like this is real we just we're unedited we just said how we Mm -hmm. felt and just put it out there and that's like real raw gritty and it's like there's a difference between being real and raw and gritty and actually hating women and being racist yeah like (laughs) yeah there is something beautiful about the disgusting but not in the way they're doing it exactly that is not that's not you're not hitting the beautiful disgusting you're hitting this misogynist racist right like trying too hard yeah exactly and i i had had included a bunch of um excerpts from songs and stuff that I felt like were good comparisons. I'm not going to go over all of them because we just don't have the time. But if you're on the Patreon, you can go read them. But, like, there's there's plenty of art that I that I find, like, repulsive that I still think is good art mm-hmm. because it has a point and it's not actually just, like, misogyny. Um, yeah. I, I remember I've read a couple poems. I forget which one it is. I've probably mentioned it on this show. But there were, there was, like, a poem that talked about cancer eating away at someone like horse piss Mm. in snow and that's really dirty and gritty but Mm -hmm. that is not offensive right or a girl in my poetry class back in college like wrote about her mom's cancer and Mm -hmm. she talked about the how it like made her toenails look yeah and like how gross they turned right and that was so like it was so poignant and it was so sharp and gritty and dirty but it was beautiful yeah in the way it was written so there is ways to do it without falling into this really sexist territory yeah exactly and there's ways to yeah to create art that that like gives you that visceral feeling like um there's Mm -hmm. a song called strange fruit um billy holiday does a version and also nina simone does and it's extremely dark and it when you listen to it it gives you this like visceral like repulsed feeling because it's such dark subject matter but like it's not it's not misogyny it's actually important and it actually makes you feel repulsed in an important way because it's stuff that we need to think about right. and talk about. Whereas Bukowski is like glorifying harmful behavior um, because he's showing himself like committing these acts of violence and like almost trying to normalize it or just to shock people with it. Mm-hmm. And like the thing that upsets me is like that whole thing of like shock, val- of like shock, like I don't need to read about like someone being raped to feel shocked by the evils of humanity because like if you're yeah. a woman and you exist, in the world then you live that every day of your life like and most women have like lived those experiences even so like we don't need to read about it to feel shock like it exists there's no point to it except to like glorify it yeah i agree yeah so i think we'll stop for (laughs) now lines in to the (laughs) the song analysis (laughs) 
I mean, I feel like that's a pretty important thing to talk about. It's really important, and there's more I want to say about it, but I think we'll go back to the song and then see if we have time to come back to the discussion. (laughs) And, like, okay, so the thing about Harry is, like, so after I was, like, I was, like, reading all these poems and, like, and reading a lot of stuff about him. Also, like, oh, my God, there's so many things. There's actually a literal video of him kicking his wife in an interview. Bukowski? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Like, he's actually just, like, I don't understand. So if I was not a fan of Harry's and I didn't know anything about him and I found out that he liked Bukowski and I read Bukowski's stuff first, I think it would be absolutely enough to turn me off from Harry altogether. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I was invested in Harry first and then I found out he liked Bukowski and then I found out who Bukowski was. It's, like, different, obviously. Um, yeah. And the only – like, the reason that I feel – well, actually, I don't feel okay about it, to be honest. I feel upset about it. But the only reason that I'm, like, I'm not going to, like, stop being a fan of his is because every everything he does and says is a contradiction to all of this garbage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, everything he's said verbally about women, everything he does in his actions on stage, the people he's out hanging out with, it's all a contradiction to this. So because of that, I'm, like, you know, working through it. <laughs> right. And I, I also think, you know, he was 21, 22 when he wrote it. Right. Which, I mean, obviously, you're a full human being. I'm not saying it's that he's young. I'm saying that time has passed. Absolutely. So he, as a 25-year-old person, he may have learned better. Yeah. And I think... The biggest tell will be when we get album number two. Yes. I am <laughs> waiting for that. The biggest tell. <laughs> yeah. And after this whole experience of like preparing for this episode, like there better not be any songs like this on that episode, on that album. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he had I think one. We're starting with this one and we've got Woman and Sweet Creature left. <laughs> yeah. He had one, one chance to mess it up and he doesn't get another chance from me. So we'll see what happens. Well. <laughs> But the other I thing I will be too, looking for another co-host. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is like, I just like reading that stuff makes me just feel so sad about humanity and patriarchy yeah. and sexism. And I'm like, why are you like, why, yeah. why, why, why? But like, um, the other thing is like, too, that I'm making myself think about is like the people he was around when he was writing this album. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about those men, really. And he was w- with these dudes for two months no women around writing these songs. They were like, let's write something gritty. So I'm not to excuse him or to blame anyone else at all. But, you know, you have to take that into account. Yeah. They had an influence on him. Absolutely. And he's he's young. And, you know, if he's looking at, if you know, the, all these men are older than him. And there's definitely a possibility that he was looking up to them and wanted to impress them. You never know. Yeah. And one other interesting thing, too, and then we'll get back to the lyrics, <laughs> is that <laughs> when he performs this song on his tour, he oft, it's often, um, he'll often pick up, like, the rainbow flag and run around with it, which, again, yeah. is just something that's very contradictory to all mm-hmm. of the stuff we were just talking about. So yeah. whether or not he is, like, has any regrets about this song, I don't know, but it's just an interesting thing that he does that. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> verse one. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, this is also, the verses are long in this song. 
<laughs> so the yeah verse... they are so long i was right. like are these all one person yeah verse? <laughs> so verse one we have open up your eyes shut your mouth and see that i'm still the only one who's been in love with me i'm just happy getting you stuck in between my teeth and there's nothing i can do about it broke a finger knocking on your bedroom door i got splinters in my knuckles crawling across the floor couldn't take you home to mother in a skirt that short but i think that's what i like about it so there's a lot happening right. here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I really love his lyrics in this first verse. I feel mm-hmm. like he starts, the music starts with a bang. The lyrics start with a bang. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they're very like punchy and directive and order, like orders, like open up your eyes, shut your mouth and see. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like that really sort of choppy directive. I think it fits super well. Yeah. Um, and some of the imagery here and the way he's talking about feelings is so interesting. I mean, I love the, that I'm still the only one who's been in love with me. Mm-hmm. I, f- I think that's really cool that he's saying like, he hasn't ever, there's, it's, it's instead of saying like, I've never fallen in love. He says, mm-hmm. I'm the only one who's been in love with me. It's kind of a bit cocky because, mm-hmm. you know, he's like in love with himself, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Um, yeah, I, I love those opening lines. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just happy getting you stuck in between my teeth. Mm-hmm. What an amazing way to say, <laughs> mm-hmm. like talking about, you know, someone sort of being on your mind all the time and getting obsessed with someone. Yeah. Whenever I, I hear so that cool. line, <laughs> I always like think of like getting someone's hair oh, no. stuck in your teeth. Ew. <laughs> I mean, hey, he wanted gritty realism, right? Yeah, that there you go. There's that dirt. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's more metaphorical. Okay. Because when you when you have something stuck between your teeth too, like you can't not like like it's bothering you the yeah. entire time. Like your tongue just goes to it, and you're like just trying to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think some of the some of the lyrics here are just so strong Mm -hmm. and then it continues on broke a finger knocking on your bedroom door got splinters in my knuckles crawling across the floor i love that imagery we have the Mm -hmm. door and floor again yeah she talks about in uh what's it called meet me in the hallway meet me in the hallway there's a lot of just let me know i'll be at your door just let me know be on the floor Mm -hmm. yeah i just i love the beginning of this yeah, I feel like the references to Meet Me in the Hallway are, there's a lot of them because it's um, also later in the in the song, we'll get to it, but we have um, end up meeting in the hallway every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this line we have, or this verse, we have broke a finger knocking on your bedroom door. And then in Meet Me in the Hallway, he talks about, I just left your bedroom. Um, so there's definitely a lot of connection, I find, between those two songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the disappointing line for me is couldn't take you home to mother in a skirt that short, but I think that's what I like about it. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so that's, def- that's obvious. Like that definitely seems like a Bukowski inspired, yeah. like throwaway line. And again, it doesn't feel like uh, it almost like this song feels like a parody to me, but like a bad one. Like, those lines, like, couldn't take you home to mother in a skirt that short. And, like, that has to be a parody. Like, you can't be serious with that. But I think it's supposed to be serious. Mm-hmm. And it just really really doesn't work. And it's just so 
boring. Yeah, I think it's I think a lot of these are tired metaphors mm-hmm. or like tired themes and obviously sexist. I mean, you've got a lot of that good girl bad girl imagery going on. Yes. Ha- somehow having a short skirt makes someone no longer girlfriend material, mm-hmm. i.e. bringing home to the parents to meet. Mm-hmm. Um and like and, and and he likes that she's not girlfriend material. Right. So what does that mean about her? Right. You know, there's like some implications there that are just sort of like this male fantasy type mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. <sighs> not a fan and like whatever his actual experience was that's fine but you know you have a chance to put something into writing and make art so be particular about what you're saying yeah and i think it's also interesting because we know his family a bit um mm-hmm. so like i Anne would never <laughs> <laughs> the thing is is like we don't actually know Anne. it's possible that she would be the kind of person but like what i do Gemma would never exactly i was gonna say who we do know about is Gemma because we've actually read her writing and it's hard Mm. to believe especially with the way that harry speaks about women in his con you know when he's talking it's hard Mm -hmm. to believe that and that that's an Anne thing so right that's partly why it feels like a parody to me too because i'm like "Mm, like who's who's mother yeah yeah it's like i wanted to say something like little controversial here or like yeah it feels like they were trying to like let's not let's be let's go for that edginess like let's say something that's gonna which is it's unfortunate because i think the rest of the verse is very edgy Mm -hmm. and very interesting and does get at that good grittiness of you know breaking a finger by knocking on someone's door just shows this like need to open the door and to open it for them to come getting splinters as you crawl across the floor like that's very graphic and like gritty and gross yeah and i think that does it for me more than this line about a skirt that's too short yeah does you know yeah i think the biggest thing i feel about about this song is just like disappointment because it just seems unnecessary um Mm -hmm. like it could have so easily been a good song and it just feels like it was tainted unnecessarily and then it just kind of makes the whole song it changes the whole song for me like as you're talking did you always feel that way or as you no, were analyzing as it? i was analyzing it it increased tenfold yeah because i used to feel like i used to think of it as a bit um harmless like mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah whatever like harry like we all know this is silly like we all know you're not that kind of person or whatever you know right but after delving into this world of charles bukowski i'm like i'm <laughs> disgusted <laughs> yeah and like and i'm like it is harmful yeah and like i think the thing the thing too is like when you when you have when you have these kinds of people who are like putting out art not not harry but like bukowski like it's not even just him it's like his fans like that is actually the scary thing like the the people who are defending him and like the people who are reading his work and defending it and like um and so i think that kind of stuff is is harmful and it just Mm -hmm. and it's also just upsetting to me because i'm like it makes me it makes me confused because I'm like, Harry, mm, like, isn't he smarter than this? Like, doesn't he know, mm-hmm. doesn't he know what this means and how it's not? Like, I just don't really understand how this line got in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he brought into scope of writers, yeah, I feel like it wouldn't have. Also, also, if anyone is listening to this podcast for the first time, I <sighs> want you to know that I am normally gushing about Harry. I love him dearly. And I say many, many good things about him. And I'm being very harsh in this episode because I feel upset. But I don't want you yeah. to think that, like, 
I hate him or anything because I really don't. (laughs) We're critiquing his art. Yeah, I just got to be honest about how I feel. Um, Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's his fault that I had to read all of that garbage, so. (laughs) (laughs) You were, like, hating on Bukowski. (laughs) If you had read the things I read, Caitlin? No, I don't want to read them. (laughs) No, 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 I'm hating on Bukowski. I'm just saying, like... It's because oh, you're saying Harry. we are hating. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Do you have anything else? Anything else verse? about this? Do you have anything positive to say about this? I mean, it's just that it's just those last two lines. I mean, mm-hmm. they taint the whole thing. Well, the but thing like, is, is like now that I know about Bukowski, I'm reading everything through that lens. Okay, well, you need to stop. So I'm reading this as now as like <laughs> narcissism. Like I'm the only one who's been in love with me. Yeah, but I think it's, I think you need to get out of that mindset. Like, I think Harry Do is I? also, like, a tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> like, kind of goofy guy. Mm-hmm. All right. So, getting into the chorus. The chorus is just, she's an angel, only angel, she's an angel, my only angel. And it's a very rock chorus. Um... There's a pretty intense cowbell happening in the chorus. I didn't notice that. Or what? I probably did at some point. It's probably in the second. Down, I think it doesn't come until the second chorus, maybe. Well, I mean, I didn't write it anywhere. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this chorus? Um, I think this is an example of where Harry does a very simple but effective chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, his choruses seem to be less wordy, more repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it works for him usually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's just sort of repeating that she's an angel just in different ways. Yeah. My only angel, only angel, she's an angel. Yeah. Um, but I think it works. Mm-hmm. Um, already he's contradicting what he said in the first verse, verse mm-hmm. <laughs> where now he's got this picture of an angel. And when I think of angel, you think of like, good, peaceful, like, I don't know, perfect, mm-hmm. pure, um, but sort of obviously the verses are the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess here we have that question of she's an angel, only angel. What does only angel mean? Does it mean she's only an angel or does she, does it mean like, like my only angel? Yeah. As in like, he, he, he's not seeing anyone else. There's a lot of, um, I feel like there's a lot of interpretations you could take for that, for the wording in the chorus. And I'm not really sure which one is the intended one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be looked at in a multi-dimensional yeah. way. Um, I also love the oohoos. Yeah. Those I are think really they're fun. so good. Yeah. I've been thinking lately after hearing um, I'm So Tired by Troy and Love or Love or whatever. Um, yeah. So catchy. And there's a lot of sounds in the song that aren't words. Mm -hmm. And it just got me thinking about how, like, how effective non-words are in music. Mm -hmm. You know, Harry used la-la-las a lot. Here we got woohoo. And like that adds so much. It's such a fun, catchy thing to sing along to. Yeah. To like, especially live. I remember singing those bits. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just thought it would be a really cool analysis to, like, look at all the non-word sounds that are sung throughout 1D's music and the boys' solo music and, like, what the, um, like, 
what how they are used as a tool in music yeah um, but i thought this was a really great example of such a catchy non-word sound yeah. going on in the chorus Definitely. and because the chorus is so simple it just like adds a lot putting in that ooh sound yeah yeah it's a really fun chorus it's like fun to dance around too yeah rock out too so good mm-hmm. and it's and a fun one to see just like oh sorry go ahead um i was gonna say just like his voice is very like rocky and gruff throughout the whole song too yeah um which i really like yeah and it's also really a uh, fun one to see him do live um when he plays it on tour he like goes all out yeah 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 it's because it's such a good one to dance to he really gets into it yeah do you have anything else for the chorus no all right so next we have verse two and there's only two verses in the song um so this one goes i must admit i thought i'd like to make you mine as i went about my business through the warning signs end up meeting in the hallway every single time and there's nothing we can do about it told it to her brother and she told it to me that she's going to be an angel just you wait and see when it turns out she's a devil in between the sheets and there's nothing she can do about it hey hey what do you feel about this verse um so again i like everything up until the last two lines mm-hmm. i think he could have just shortened the verses really could have <laughs> Got, really. gotten, gotten rid of those last couple lines <laughs> um but i liked it so it seems like in you know he's he's going along like liking this person and there's warning signs that they shouldn't be together or that she might not be as into it as him or whatever it is um but he's just kind of like maybe ignoring those warning signs mm-hmm. that it might not be a great relationship and just kind of like cuz like he's so obsessed you know mm-hmm. um and uh yeah and then um, we have the, the reference to meet me in the hallway saying end up meeting in the hallway every single time. Yeah. And that to me, it seems like the hallway sort of represents like not being in a home, sort of brushing by each other or in the hallways of hotels and not being able to like yeah. see each other all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I get that vibe from both meet me in the hallway and this. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. limbo space, I guess. Definitely. Yeah where they're like hiding or in and out of rooms you know yeah um and like that nothing we can do about it uh sort of makes it feel like it's out of both of their controls right like it's sort of situational that it's not working or that you know the relationship isn't going to work out i guess yeah definitely yeah um what did you think of those first couple lines um yeah i mostly agree with you i think it's really interesting to look at the relation like the hallway theme (laughs) yeah Um, and how often that sort of idea comes up in this album um yeah okay so told it to her brother and she told it to me that she's gonna be an angel just you wait and see i mean there's two meanings but (laughs) there's like a pretty obvious meaning um that it's a victoria's secret angel like Mm -hmm. she's going to be a victoria's secret angel um or just like that she's going to be good for once or something like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be an angel i promise i'll be good like whatever Mm -hmm. it is yeah um and so there's like there's that double meaning there yeah um yeah i think it's so interesting that he drops such a specific thing like told it to her brother right like it sort of puts you in okay this is real he's talking about something literal right 
Um, which I do appreciate. I like that he does sometimes drop those because I feel like his album is doesn't have so many very, very literal things where you can be like, okay, this I can understand. This is exactly what's happening. Right. Um, versus something more like imaginative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely so, saw that as like a very specific like, oh, this is like something that actually happened. But the frustrating yeah. thing to me um, – and it's just frustrating because I like to know, like, I love to know what things are specifically about. Is that yeah. because he has a writing team, like, we don't actually know what came from his life and what came from other people's lives. Because, like, mm. for example, from the dining table, we know the way that they wrote that was, like, they kind of were at a dining table talking about their lives. So, like, each mm-hmm. line, like, we don't know whose life that was from. So then right. it makes you think of all the other songs, like, when there's very specific details like told it to her yeah. brother like that could be from someone else um i have a feeling that in this case it's not yeah <laughs> but yeah i feel like definitely in in other songs it's frustrating and even like with one directions it was even more vague mm-hmm. because there was way more of them and i think it was less focus it was just like we're writing good songs mm-hmm. i think harry did try to write much more from a personal perspective yeah. than maybe one direction definitely because like didn't he say like some of the songs he wrote on his album were like the first personal ones he really wrote yeah well i think he does he does an interesting thing where like he he has said that the songs he's that the songs on this album are like deeply personal mm-hmm. um and like very honest and he had but he has a way of writing that's also very mysterious so like yeah. It's this kind of double thing where you're getting this extreme honesty and yet you still there's still this layer of mystery that you don't exactly know what things are about. Like yeah. take two ghosts for example. I remember when we talked about that song like there's so many there's so much like honesty in that song. Mm-hmm. And it's all, obviously a very personal like emotional song and there's like very specific descriptors of like events. And yet there's still so much that we don't know about what that song is about, you know. Mm-hmm. which I feel like I feel it that way about all of, all of his songs yeah there's like definitely. they're like personal and yet at the same time uh not not vague but um they're not so concrete yeah yeah like I compare it to we were discussing what a time from Julia Michaels album and just her album in general she's yes. very much more colloquial and concrete with her mm-hmm. language she just says exactly sort of what she would say to a friend. Right. Um, and Harry doesn't do that as often. Yeah, like take it's much the first... more metaphorical and imagery and... Yeah, like if you take the first line of this verse, I must admit, I thought I'd like to make you mine. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much that that could mean. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, there's like, obviously, there's there's one, you know, meaning to it, but like why he said it or who he said it about or like still very you know mm-hmm. up for interpretation yeah yeah um and then we have when it turns out she's a devil in between the sheets which we've always mentioned is kind of like another one of those overplayed uh like mm, things picture describer descriptors of women and like oh you get an angel on the outside but she's like a sex devil or whatever right. it just it's an overused metaphor it is steeped with misogyny and sexism and mm-hmm. all that 
bad stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the reason that, like, I, like, these kinds of lines are, like, annoying to me is because it's kind of this idea that, like, women should be um, angelic, if you will, uh, you know, when they're out in the world. Um, But then, and, like, the only time they should be allowed to be sexual is, like, when they're with men. And, like, it's only for the man. So, like, she's a devil in between the sheets for him. She's going to be, like, a sexual being, but, like, only for him. And it's, like, this weird possessive, like, it's possessive. And then it also is just, like, women aren't allowed to be sexual beings on their own. It's, Mm -hmm. like, only in relation to, like, you know, their man. And then it's also the idea that, like, you know, you know, lady in the street, freak in the sheets. It's, like, you're, you know, that Mm -hmm. women are supposed to be ladies and and well-behaved um, you know, in the regular world and then, right. You know. And, and again, like, we're not saying who's to say whatever Harry's personal experience was. Maybe this is how, you know, him and his partner described themselves or whatever. Right. <laughs> but when you're putting it into a song where everyone's going to interpret it and this is the, you know, the art that you're putting out, the content you're putting out, it sends a message no matter what you inside thought you were saying right. or like felt about a subject. This We're not saying Harry thinks that women should be good and then bad. Like clearly he doesn't think that. Right. But when you put it into a song like this that's the message you're sending out and it's not a great one yeah you when you're putting out art especially if you're someone like harry who clearly does care about his fans and clearly does feel like he has a responsibility to them like he's not out there being like i don't give a i don't care what anyone else says like his literal motto mm-hmm. is treat people with kindness um you have to be aware of cultural context when you're putting out right. art and so you know there's there's i'm sure there's plenty of women who who want to be ladies in the streets and freaks in the sheets and that is fine <laughs> but like you have to look at the cultural context of things and realize what you're saying like it's the same way I feel about when One Direction put out um Little White Lies like mm-hmm. that song on its own fine but like the in the cultural context it was horrible it was like right yeah it was right after that Robin Thicke song was out and it just felt so irresponsible that they had released it at that time right. and it wasn't actually like like take the song out of out of you know take the song on its own there's nothing wrong with it but like you can't just you can't remove things from culture because that's not yeah. how it works like you have to look at yeah. them in the context of how our culture works and stuff right you can't just be like oh that's not how it was for us that's not what we were right. thinking that's not how i see it it's like well e- everyone is uh, digesting this on their own you know mm-hmm. and you have I think as an artist you have a responsibility yeah yeah and um another quote from Jeff Basker that I didn't read before is um further on in the interview he said obviously we're trying to push the envelope of being a boy band so early on I was like it has to be super edgy but then it was about knowing when to pull back up against the edge and be real which is ultimately what I think we landed on so that's just more context for, like, how these things might have happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, obviously, the producer of this album thought it has to be super edgy. So they were going yeah. for they were going for that. And I don't think, like, when I like, think what? of the other why songs. Why does edgy have to be sexist? Exactly. Like, why? Right, exactly. <laughs> you can be sexy. There's ways to be sexy. And I think Harry does it well mm-hmm. in a lot of his songs. Yeah. But sometimes it goes over the line 
and not even over the line sexy and sexist are not on the same continuum it just it goes in a completely different direction (laughs) yeah (laughs) and turns into something that he wasn't trying to do i don't think right exactly (laughs) yeah yeah because if if i thought harry's intent when writing this song and these lines was to be like yeah i'm a misogynist and i'm gonna come out and say it (laughs) Um, then I would have a very different feeling about it. I think he wasn't yeah. trying to say that. I think I think he was trying to pull something off that he didn't he did not pull off. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And the thing that confuses me is how he feels now cuz like I want him to like have evolved feelings about it. And I don't know that he has, because he obviously hasn't said anything about this song. He still performs it on tour. So, like, you know, what does he think about it? I'm I'm very curious. And it really just, these ideas, these misogynistic ideas about women and, and sex just are so contradictory to the way he acts and everything else he said, mm-hmm. which is why I feel confused. Uh, uh, Gemma should proofread his lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't imagine that she doesn't say, "Ah, you know, that's not the best thing to say. Right. And again, it's like, it's like when I, you know, I I can't not look at things in relation and in context to everything else. So like if if the Bukowski stuff wasn't present, I would find this song much more benign, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I looked at it before. I read these lines as kind of, like, benign, like, oh, stupid cliches, like, whatever. But in the context of, like, you know, Harry praising and and sharing with the, with the world and his fans that he's a fan of this author who has these ideas, it feels much more insidious. And it's yeah. not something that I can just sort of write off the way that I used to. And hopefully I'll be able to come around because I do like to jam out to this song. Um, maybe I just need I think it's some time. We're, it's it's becoming the thing is like it was raw at the beginning and we're kind of reopening that wound yeah, after like it's true. You know, we lived with it for a while, mm-hmm. we got over it a bit, it healed a bit, we saw him on tour, we danced to the songs, sung right. to it. But now when you go back and you're like, I'm gonna sit with these lyrics and pick them apart, it makes you sort of relive all that sort of pain that yeah. you felt initially. And I think that's 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 like an exactly right is that it, it does feel painful because I am a, a fan of this person I'm a woman and so it, it does feel painful to like read these yeah. things and to know that someone thinks these things are saying things like that you know and it makes mm-hmm. me feel like very you know unsettled about about being like a hardcore fan of like I'm literally surrounded by pictures of Harry right now all over my walls like I love him <laughs> so it's yeah it's upsetting to have to have to read that stuff and it's interesting because like I remember when his album first came out, I had like a listening party to listen to the album. And when this song played, I remember we all were like, ooh, like we all were very worried because we were like, we don't, yeah. we didn't know what direction he was going to go in. And this song right. and those lines made me very concerned about what was going to happen. But then he went on tour and like on tour, he's like talking about gay stuff all the time and like pointing out like signs from like these like young girls in the audience like coming out to their moms and like mm-hmm. his motto was treat people with kindness like Charles Bukowski's whole thing is that he hates people and like <laughs> Harry's thing is like treat people with kindness what a thing. Like, 
But you know what I mean? Like, all those things Why is that a personality trait? I don't know. (laughs) But, like, all these things that he did, you know, were very contradictory to this image. So I think I was able to switch it in my mind and reframe this song. And I'm one of those people that is really good at, like, taking a song or piece of art and changing the narrative to fit my own agenda. (laughs) Because as a queer woman, that's what I had to do growing up because I didn't have media for myself. So I constantly Mm -hmm. was reinventing you know art to fit my life and so that I could feel like you know like some connection to it so I'm very skilled at that Mm -hmm. and I think I did do that with this song but then I think doing this discussion as you said sort of reopening the wound has brought up a lot of and just like I get really upset by um like like sexism extreme sexism and racism and stuff and like the just like the sort of research I did, like, reading into the Bukowski stuff, like, it really, it just poisons your mind. It really, and I'm one of those people that's just very susceptible to that, so Mm -hmm. that's also, like, where I'm coming from, is, like, I just sort of, like, looked upon this horror. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You need to have, like, a mind cleanse. I, like, do. Go listen to medicine on repeat. (laughs) I think I'm gonna have to listen to, like, I don't know, some, something very opposite, some yeah (laughs) bunnies in a field or something oh yeah (laughs) yeah so do you have anything else you wanted to talk about this verse um yeah i liked the hey hey's at the end Mm. um and like the music cut out sort of for the last line and i thought that was cool as well obviously Mm -hmm. not a great last line but just the music cutting out Mm -hmm. um and yeah the screaming haze it just feels like he's like trying to fling his emotions out there yeah very emotive we say that all the time but yeah i just love all the weird noises he makes throughout this song yeah me too they add so much yeah definitely so then we have the second chorus which is the same as the first um except i think this is where they get really intense with the cowbell um, yeah, okay, yeah, so I said, like, there's a lot of organic instruments going on in the background. <laughs> it was, like, clanging and banging and sticks hitting yeah. each other the and cow- clapping. Yeah, the cowbells, I, I liked like, it all. Yeah, I know you, I, we've talked about this before, because I've said that I, did, that I don't like that. It takes me out of the song. And, I, uh, and you said that you like it. it's just like that's totally like a weird personal thing i just when i hear that cowbell i'm like oh my god can you calm down with that (laughs) it's so intense (laughs) um so then we get to the bridge which is actually my favorite part of the song and it's really funny really yes oh i love this bridge interesting (laughs) um so it's really funny because up until last night i thought the bridge was i want it i want it i want it i want it (laughs) <laughs> for years i've thought that when i sing it i want it i want it um it's because when he sings it you can't i can't really match up how he says want to die want to die want to die yeah like it doesn't fit that well the way he sings is where very... the words start and end it's so mushy yeah so the lyrics are want to die want to die want to die tonight um in fact 
Because he goes, da-da-night, da-da-night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the sound of this bridge. Just there's all this screaming in the background mm-hmm. um, that I love. I just love the sound of it. Um, I love the just like extreme emotions and like the screaming in the background and just the wildness of it. And it's like he's got different ones. It's like he's got owls and woos, yes. but also like the I I I I I I I. Yeah, it's just like fun, and it's definitely my favorite part of the song. And I feel it like feels- this is the kind of verse where it's like, where it's like, like this is a little bit more territory of like okay like it's a little bit gritty like i want to die tonight but it's not problematic see i find that problematic (laughs) i don't like that i mean it's not not problematic but it's not oppressive okay yeah it's not sexist yeah it's not it's Um, the, the things that that really bother me is like is like oppression you know Mm-hmm. systematic oppression this this might be problematic but it's not it's not oppressive yeah i just i'm not a fan obviously if he's actually talking about you know going through some like depression but i don't think he's using want to die tonight no, in that so. context um it's just as the same in sign of the times i don't like the use of bullets because mm. i don't like gun violent Im- violence imagery in songs right. and i don't like sort of suicidal imagery in songs yeah. because it sort of is using something shocking as art where it's just like a real thing you know yeah I see this this is something that happens a lot in music though is like is this that idea like I want to die it's like you're so like the extreme charged emotions like Mm -hmm. especially in relation to like love which you know there's definitely a lot of um problematic elements to that um but it's it is a common it's a common uh oh for sure music um, just like being um, yeah, so overwhelmed thing. with emotion that you're like yeah 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 that's what i i felt like it was very overwhelmed feeling um it almost gave me a dizzy feeling this whole entire thing with all the layers and the shouting and like mm-hmm. the can sort of melded lyrics um and the just the the wanna die wanna die wanna die tonight i think there's some connection with it being an angel and like only angel is so like you die and you become an angel and you get to be with this person yes i love that angle yeah see that's Um, the thing i don't mind dark stuff like like it doesn't bother me like i want to die tonight like that is dark and doesn't bother me like i can i can Mm -hmm. see the problematic elements of it but it doesn't bother me and i can listen to that and jam out to that and i like that right i just don't like oppression (laughs) (laughs) yeah me either um but yeah i i guess like yeah it's the overwhelmingness like want to die like um i don't know like i don't know being euphoria sexually i guess i I see that side of it too um yeah i mean it's really catchy yeah it reminds me of um Bruce Springsteen's song, Born to Run, there's a line, I think it's the last verse, where he says, want to die with you, Wendy, on the streets tonight in an everlasting kiss. Oh, Which is, like, a very similar, very cool. like, sentiment yeah. of, like, of, like, that one's, yeah. 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 I love the sound of this. Yeah, I'm, I mostly just like the way it sounds with, like, the, all the screaming mm-hmm. in the background and just, yeah, the emotion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But I wonder when I listen. I wonder if he's going to play this song on next tour, do you think? I would say it's one of the ones that has potential to be cut. Yeah. I'm. We definitely need to talk about which ones will be cut. Yeah. Especially when his second album comes out. Yeah. Because I don't think he'll do all of them. Especially mm-hmm. hoping his second album's more than 10 songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he likes to do covers as well. And I right. don't think he'll just give up doing covers yeah. if he has this enough, you know. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, do you have anything else for the bridge? Um, the harmonies were very, Ooh. like, haunting and psychedelic feeling. Yeah. For sure. And that's everything that I have. Okay. So, then the song ends with the last chorus which is the same as the other ones although i mean there's variations it's the same words um and then the song kind of ends with like just this ah this like little brief uh couple seconds of the chorus from the beginning i mean the choir from the beginning Yeah. Feels like he's, like, going to the heavens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely, definitely an interesting song. Yeah. Um, and it... There's a lot of parts to it. Yeah, it's funny because it's, it's like, one of the more, uh, like, troublesome songs for me, but it's also, I think, a kind of a fan favorite. Um, I know. A lot of people... I, and I think it's because of the sound of it. Like, from a musical mm-hmm. standpoint, I think it's a really good song. I think it's well-constructed yeah. and it sounds good. I'm obsessed with that bridge. Like, you know, from a musical standpoint, I think it's a good song. I love the guitars in it, too. They, like, growl. Like, it's just so, like, Because it's one of the rockier songs. Yeah, it's like a real rock and roll song. There's not a lot of... Really, this one in, like, Kiwi... Um, but this one even yeah. more so than Kiwi is, like, definitely, like, a rock and roll song. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. The, the thing is, it's, like, it's two lines that end up tainting the whole song. Right. And it just, it, again, I'm just, like, if you tweaked just a couple words, yeah. you know, it would make all the difference. But really, it's three lines because it's also the fact that they have this intro from Barfly. Oh, yeah. Well, that, too. Like, that... That is actually a huge part of the way that I view the song because they literally intro yeah. it with this like dialogue from this film. So like clearly, yeah, it's not just these two lines. It's clearly like the whole the whole idea of the song is based around this concept. But like they yeah. could have taken no, out I, the I, intro I, and taken out those lines, and it would have been a banger. Yeah, if they, if they t- <laughs> then then we would not view it like exactly. That is what I'm saying. Like yeah. if if those lines were changed, then yeah. We'd have a completely different perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think unlike maybe... I mean, obviously with Carolina, you could tweak a couple of words too, but you'd have to tweak them all throughout because sort of the whole idea of the song is she's a good girl or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I love the ending with the fading out with the, like, singing again. Yeah. It comes the really comes full circle. In. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 so i'm sorry if i was very negative about this song <laughs> i tried to find a good balance but i hope that you i guys think understand. we found it <laughs> you do oh yeah i, I think we okay. found it 
I mean, there's just like there's there's you know, this Kiwi and and Carolina were mm-hmm. gonna be songs that we had to talk about, you know, yeah. from our feminist lens and yeah, yeah, and I think the other thing for people to know, and I mean, people listeners probably know this, but like the reason like the reason that I want to critique this is because I actually really care and I'm invested in Harry and him as an artist and him as a person and I'm really invested in his art if I didn't really care about him um I wouldn't critique him like this I wouldn't I would just write him off I would be like oh whatever the reason that I am going into so much detail about my negative feelings and like it might feel like I'm dragging this song or dragging him is because I actually really am invested in him as an artist and as mm-hmm. a person. And that's why I feel like I need to go through all this and like, you know, talk about all my feelings and stuff. Yeah. So like, just so you guys know, you know, it's, it's, it's coming from a place of like, this is someone I actually care about. So I'm going to explore my feelings and really say how I feel about them. Yeah. Which is how I feel like, you know, people, I feel like people would want that. I would want that if I was putting out art. Yeah. And I want I mean, that we're not, people in my life. We're talking life when... about his art. Like, that's just right. people put out art. It's going to be critiqued. Yeah. And I'd rather, like, you know, my my friends in my real life, I'd rather them be honest with me and tell me when they feel like I'm doing things that are upsetting than to just be nice to me all the time and, mm-hmm. you know, or, or to just, like, decide not to be my friend because I did something upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> And again, you know, the if you look at everything else Harry's put out and, and all the stuff he said in interviews and the way he is on stage and his interactions with fans and stuff, it it's it's a very different um, you know person than this song might paint. So yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think that's it. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we get some really cool lyrics on this, and then we get some unfortunate lyrics. <laughs> just yeah. kind of like, I wish we, you know, I wish the unfortunate weren't ones weren't there so you could appreciate the interesting ones more, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's this poem by a poet called Christian Drake, and it's called Bloodbath, and I was going to read some of it, um, but I don't think I'm going to, but, um, everyone should definitely go look it up because it's a really good poem and it's a really good example of like something that's like filthy and romantic, but also not about hating women. Nice. And it's a really good poem. (laughs) It sounds like it's about period sex. It is. Okay. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. Should I read part of it? Um, Sure. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't sure if you want me to or not. <laughs> well, I'm just, I am i don't care about the topic. I'm just, we okay. don't have that much time. <laughs> I'll just, I'll end it with this. This is a good thing to end on. Okay. Right? Yeah. So this is just like little excerpts from the poem. Um, and do not hesitate to ask me to go snorkeling down there. Because if I'm going to order the finest steak, I'm going to eat it rare. I crave the taste of blood. And I want your nerves raw like a bullet wound valentine. So whether it's hard or sweet, we're going to leave skid marks on the sheets and handprints on the walls. Wow. That Now that's the type of writing hair needs to get into. Yeah. yeah. That is way <laughs> sexy and yeah, dirty. Yeah, and it's filthy and dirty. 
Yeah. I'm going to read one more, like, what it stands of it. Um, I want to taste copper like I'm dying. So let the woman in you make a man out of me. Let's get unclean. Because this lovemaking is no less perfect than the moon rising in you. And this lovemaking is the gospel music made by the rhythm of flesh and blood and flesh and blood. And this blood is the closest I will ever be to making love to your insides, sailing through your veins and arteries. This blood on my skin is the photograph I take when I visit your heart. Whoa. So, like, Dang. that's just an example of, like, something that's, like, actually filthy and romantic. Yeah. And also that was written by a straight white man. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Dang. I really liked that. That I'm was really good. I'm obsessed with this poem. It's so good. Yeah. That was a good yeah. way to end. I just wanted to end on something that was, like, better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we nope. end? Okay. <laughs> um, we'd love to hear what you guys thought about this show, your opinions on anything we discussed today. Please let us know your thoughts on Kelsey Carter and Only and Charles <laughs> We tackled some all of it. <laughs> big topics today. Yeah. <clears throat> um, also feel free to send us news stories or anything one direction related you would like to hear us talk about on future episodes thank you for listening to episode 167 of talk direction you can find us on twitter at talk underscore direction email us at talkdirection at gmail.com find us on tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com or on instagram at just talk direction and you can follow us individually i am Lucia O L U C C I A O H on Twitter and Instagram. And Caitlin, where can they find you? I am at Caitlin I R Foster on Twitter and Instagram, and Caitlin is spelled C A I T L I N. Great. Um, make sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash talk direction. Um, the TDDL for this week is still a mystery, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's going to be something related to what we were talking about. Um, you can also rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and on SoundCloud. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 168. Bye. Bye. in this modern world.